Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box here at the AHL Report. I'm your host, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, Amy Johnson, and I am joined every week, of course, by my fabulous co-host, the editor-in-chief and founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, it's a beautiful Tuesday in the middle of June. In the middle of June, the calendar just keeps moving along. Uh, just finished the F1, the very popular F1 weekend in Montreal, and uh, which which we saw appearances from uh, uh, several players, several players uh, that uh, known to us, and and, uh, mm-hmm. and we're moving on past the uh, the, the Stanley Cup uh, uh, champion being awarded the the. Stanley Cup parade in in uh, DC and and uh, now looking for the Calder Cup to be awarded. That's right. We also had the Kelly Cup, uh, which was awarded just a few days ago as well. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. We've got a, you know, we keep saying every week, you know, the regular season may have ended two months ago, but there is no shortage of news and things to talk about in the realm of hockey. Uh, and and you will be catching us here every week to keep uh, kind of keep our finger on the pulse of things that are happening happening not not only in the American League but across the hockey world in general. And so we've got a stacked show today. We've got uh, some news and updates to talk about in in relation to the Laval Rocket and some of its players and coaches and some some interesting news that's come out this week, uh, which which we're going to dive into a little bit and and just kind of scratch our heads at, I I think is a safe way of saying that. Um, And then, as Rick said, we're going to take a look at uh, the Calder Cup final, which is still going on. It is the only hockey that is still remaining. Uh, The Toronto Marlies and the Texas Stars are still deep into that series, so we're going to take a look at where things stand with that as uh, Game 6 is slated for later tonight in Toronto. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how things went down with the Stanley Cup final. Uh, we have a, a, a 2018 Kelly Cup winner was crowned just a few days ago for the ECHL. So, yeah, lots lots of hockey things to talk about and uh, and some some more exciting hockey things just on the horizon around the corner in the next week or so. So, Rick, we've got a lot to talk about today. Well, let's get underway. I agree. Uh, the first, uh, first and foremost, uh, let's start with the Laval Rocket and a um, bit of for, uh, for for me and for for Rick and the AHL Report team and and of course fans of the Laval Rocket and fans from the the St. John's Ice Caps. A bit of sad news uh, for for North American hockey fans. Uh, good news for European fans, I suppose. Uh, there was a, a new signing announced this week that forward Marcus Eisenschmidt has signed a two-year deal with Adler Mannheim of the German Ice Hockey League. That's the the elite men's league in Germany. Um, So congratulations to Marcus for for landing that. You know, he had had performed well uh, at the World Championships for Team Germany. Uh, And when we spoke to him at the end of the season, you know, he, he, he... of course, didn't know being being an RFA this summer. Rick didn't know what would happen over the summer if he would be back with Laval again, if he would, uh, you know, sign another AHL contract, stay in North America, 
but also knew that that he would probably have some sniffs in Europe as well. And and it looks like that's that's the way the chips have fallen for this one. Fallen for this one. So we'll certainly miss seeing Mark Seisenschmidt on North American ice, but wish him the best of luck uh, and uh, hope he gets gets met with a lot of success in the German league. Mark has kind of burst onto the scene at um, um, the. Uh, it was uh, kind of an invitee to uh, a uh, development camp, and and uh, you know he, he he lit it up, and everybody was, who is this guy, and how do you spell his mm-hmm. name? And yeah. <laughs> and from there, um, he went on to uh, you know he's he's been a great. Um, plug-in kind of player. He can he can play up and down your 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 lineup. Um, he's got speed. He's got skill. He's got good hands. Uh, very uh, uh, responsible defensively. Um, and uh, block shots, play the penalty kill. He'll he'll do whatever you need uh, him to do. And and we've seen um, him him used in various spots. Uh, very mature um, guy. And and you know, off the ice, just one of the, the genuinely nice people in, in hockey. Absolutely. Always has a smile on his face. Always has a, a good word to say. Always went out of his way to come over and, um, and say uh, some nice words to us. And, and he has a great memory because he'd he, he bring up something that, uh, you know, you had in common. So... Uh, he's going to be missed. He was a, a good player in the in the locker uh, room, and and uh, but but uh, we wish him well uh, as the next part, of, next chapter of his, uh, his his pro hockey career takes place over in Germany. Absolutely, absolutely. We we certainly will miss him. And and you're right. He was uh, genuinely one of the really nice guys off the ice as well. And, and you're right. Always always went out. It was a good way to put it. Always went out of his way to make sure uh, if. If the AHL report team was was around uh, after after a game, regardless of whether he was being interviewed or not, he always went out of his way to stop and say hi and 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 things like that. So, good luck to Marcus. Um, spent a, you know a few good years with the Montreal Canadiens organization, and fans will miss him. Um, hopefully, we'll see him back again on North American ice someday soon in the future. Um, but he is not the only one. Uh, from the Laval Rocket, Rick, this week that we've learned news uh, that has signed with a new team, and I'm not necessarily just talking about players. We've uh, seen one of the former coaches uh, reappear with a new contract. That's correct. That's right. Um, Donald Dufresne, uh, assistant coach, um, uh, six years, um, he was uh, assistant coach to Sylvain Lefebvre, um, the Hamilton Bulldogs, the St. John's Ice Caps, and last year the Laval Rocket. And um, you know he he's uh, rather quiet, uh, kind of shuns the limelight, but but a really genuine hard worker and and uh, one of the guys that has uh, just a. a a profound lasting effect on, on the players that he's coached. He, he works hard. He demands a lot. Um, and he's been great in the development of, of Noah Juleson and, and Brett Lernout and, and uh, Parisi, Patterin, 
Barbario, uh, you know, guys that have left the organization, Conor Crisps. It wasn't restricted yeah. to just defensemen. Conor Crisp spoke so highly of, of mm-hmm. uh, Don Vatrain, and and uh, so he moves back to um, junior hockey in the queue um, with Ramuski. He he was there for uh, eleven years total as an assistant coach, and he returns to that role. Uh, under uh, Serge Beaucherlet in as uh, head coach of uh, the Oceanic, um, and he took part in the, uh, the draft, of, the Q draft that was completed on the second of June. Um, Donald Dufresne is, um, you know, uh, as as the Canadians um, Canadians fan who looked back uh, 25 years ago to the last Cup. And they've, they've done that in this last week. Uh, it should be pointed out that uh, Donald Dufresne was a member of that 1993 uh, Stanley Cup uh, winning team, 265 games in the NHL, and a solid uh, stay-at-home um, defenseman. And 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 real, uh, you know, the the fit between uh, uh, Dufresne and Lefebvre, um they were. They were just joined at the hip and complementing yeah. each other uh, perfectly behind the bench. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, certainly, um, you know, I was sad to see the entire coaching staff go, but uh, Donald Dufresne always, as we were just saying about Marcus Eisenstein, Donald Dufresne always uh, made our team feel exceptionally welcome uh, every single time no matter if it was a win, loss, good game, bad game, always had a smile and a handshake and a, and a, and a welcoming greeting and so forth. Always very um, gracious with his time as well. Um, so we wish him, wish him the best of luck uh, back in the queue this year. Um, they're, they're lucky to have him to be sure. True gentleman. Absolutely. Um. And uh, we had talked, you know, Rick, in last week's show, we we had talked a bit about um, how, you know, in 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 an organization that claims to have a a desperate need for centers and and depth forwards and whatnot, they had been certainly spending the offseason so far stacking up on defensemen and goaltenders. Uh, And we spoke about the goaltending situation um, at length last week with, with Antti Niemi having, uh, having a new contract signed, uh, Etienne Marcou being signed, um, a two-way deal, two-way AHL, ECHL deal. Um, you know, so there's no shortage of goaltenders with Carey Price and Charlie Lindgren and, and Michael McNiven also in the mix there. And we had said that, okay, so where does that leave uh, pending RFA Zach Fukali? We had kind of speculated that, you know, perhaps uh, perhaps Zach would be finding a home uh, with a new team this summer. And uh, according to what you've heard um, reports from his agent, um, nothing definitive yet, but, but no, no real talks have been going on, correct? That's right. Elinois, um, the player agent for Zach Lucali, uh was quoted as saying that there's been no discussions between uh, himself and, and Mark Bergevin. Um, there's just under two weeks to go. Uh, June 25th is the uh, the deadline uh, when teams have to 
submit qualifying offers for restricted free agents. Um, and um, so we should start to hear about those soon, uh, but with with no talks uh, underway between uh, the Fukali camp and the Canadians, uh, perhaps the uh, perhaps the writing is on the wall there. Um, we don't know, although um, you know there's there's there will also now that the the Stanley Cup is awarded and. Uh, as we get close to the NHL awards and the draft, uh, trade talk will start to heat up, and uh, you know maybe we'll hear something in that regard. But if he's if he's not given a a qualifying offer uh, by the Canadians, he'll become a, a unrestricted uh, free agent. Um, Fukali had a a decent year numbers wise. Um, mm-hmm. You know he played 18 games with Laval. He had 10 wins. Uh, which was the most of any uh, win for a team uh, uh, that didn't get many wins. Fukali had the most. Yeah. Um, he had 11 games in in with Brampton um, in the ECHL, um, but you know in the depth chart, um, he 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 over the course of the year it was clear that he had dropped um, below Lindgren and, and certainly below Michael McGibbon. And we certainly hope whatever happens with Zach Fukali, again, you know, he's a, he's a very hardworking goaltender. He takes his job very seriously. Um, and that's probably a, a bit of an understatement. Um, yeah. You know, he's exceptionally disciplined. He takes his task at hand uh, to heart each and every day. And whether it is within the Montreal Canadiens organization or whether it is with a new team, I just want, I, I just would like to see Fukali in a, in a positive situation where he can just focus on his game and not worry about what league am I playing in this week? And, and where am I on the depth chart? And somewhere where he just gets good attention, good ice time and can just focus on, on stopping pucks and just wish nothing but the best for him. He's 23 years old. He, he's got lots of yeah, hockey he's got a lot uh, of left time. in him. Um, so, yeah, we want to see him land on his feet uh, and, uh, and get a fresh start, uh, perhaps. Well, and I know last week we had also mentioned that, um, oddly enough, you know, he's, he's spending some – spending some of the off season, uh, you know, in, in the realm of hockey outside of just his training and whatnot, because um, as you mentioned, Donald Dufresne uh, was at the QMJHL draft uh, with Oceanic. Uh, Zach Fukali was at the Halifax Mooseheads table, according to his, uh, according to his Instagram feed last week, uh, answering the phones, I guess, things helping out with, with the Mooseheads. There was also someone else, at the Q draft, uh, Rick, last week, that perhaps interesting that he was there, perhaps perhaps not, as as he is the exiting um, head coach, and that's Joel Bouchard, who is, of course, as everyone knows, the new head coach for the Laval Rocket. Uh, he was at the draft uh, with his previous team, the Armada, um, and you know, made some moves, things like that, and and attended the draft, was very active at the draft. Um, but some news that I'm, I'm not sure is too widespread yet that uh, came out from the Armada yesterday. Uh, the Armada had a, 
had a um, press conference yesterday afternoon to um, announce their new head coach and assistant head coach now that uh, Joel Bouchard uh, has left to, to take over the helm for the Laval Rocket. However, as they make their announcements of the new GM, Pierre, uh, because um, uh, Joel Bouchard was also the was not only the head coach, but he was also the general manager for uh, for the Armada. So his previous assistant GM, Pierre Clodier, now takes over as the GM of the Armada. Um, they also had some some announcements for the new head coach in Bruce Richardson, um, and uh, one of the assistant coaches also is is staying on as well. However, Joel Bouchard was on hand at this press conference because he is still apparently according to the armada going to be employed in a in a management position with the armada according to their press release and i'm quoting here Joel Bouchard will now act as vice president of ho- essentially vice president of hockey operations quote and will work with all staff to advance the young players who will make up the lineup he will continue to oversee the organization's mission based on the Armada's deep values of integrity, respect, dedication, and hard work. And uh, apparently, a court, I did you know did a little digging around once I saw once I saw this, and I and I see a quote from uh, one of the guys from TBR that has a quote from Joel Bouchard. Again, this is this is translated from French, where where Bouchard is this is basically saying, well, I'm really just kind of going to be a, in a consulting position. And, and the quote that I'm reading here, it says, quote, I'll be a phone call away to help the Armada. Um, they have our trust. The rocket will be my priority. I, this just leaves me with about a million question marks. Um, first of all, head coach of, a, of an AHL team, the first time that you're coaching uh, at the professional hockey level, and you're and going to still work for your QMJHL team and not, not a minor role, VP of Hockey Ops, where, where you're guiding young players and whatnot. Even, a, I don't know how you do that just in a consulting role. I don't know how a VP of Hockey Ops can just do it as a consulting role while you're on the road with, with Laval for 70-some-odd games a year. Um, but also, okay, so I guess this means we're going to see a lot more Alexander Alans and and guys from the Armada, what, coming through on PTOs? I mean, like, I just – Rick, help me understand. I'm I'm super confused on this one, how, how this all works out. <laughs> this is – truly bizarre and um, for Joel Bouchard to try and paper it over um, and, and try to uh, normalize it it's not normal um, you know he, he wasn't he wasn't at the, the Q draft um, like a Zach Fucali was as you said answering the he ran the draft he ran the Q draft for the Armada um, you know he he was in uh, essentially had four roles with the Armada before this before the the Laval Rocket uh, position. He was a shareholder. He was the president. He was GM and he was coach. Now, um, you know he that's been reduced to two um, two positions. 
fully focused um, on on their AHL role. Um, he talks about a, you know being a con- consultant, um, but this isn't a this isn't a Jacques Lemaire uh, part time consultant to Lou Lamorello kind of thing. A, a VP of hockey ops um, uh, sets the mission. Um, it's it's their vision, um, and if you had any um, uh, questions whether that's happening or not. Uh, Joel Bouchard says, "I will always be emotionally attached to the Armada," uh, and 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 said, uh, "The quote is, the Armada will always be my baby." Um, <laughs> well, that's more than just a, a part-time consultant, passing interest shareholder kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, if that wasn't already odd, if that wasn't already weird. You mentioned Bruce Richardson, who's now the head coach of the, the Armada. Um, in their very first meeting, in their very first meeting, Richardson, his quote was, um, uh, Joel emphasized that that uh, the Armada is his baby. He wants his uh, wants to ensure that his identity is to remain, and it was a crucial part of our discussions when I met with him for the first time. That's a person who is still, you know, hasn't left, uh, is still heavily invested, is, is hiring uh, the head coach based on someone who, um, you know, he wanted to emphasize, hey, this is still my team. This is still my vision. The team will have my identity and you will not change it. And I'm making that clear to you in our first meeting so that, so that it, you know it's a deal breaker. If you don't buy into that, we don't go any further. Um, it is bizarre. It is it is truly bizarre. And um, I, 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 the other bizarre part of this, if it was anyone else than than Joel Bouchard, who has been, you know, the the fawning press for him has been um, nauseating. Uh, there's been no uh, serious and difficult questions asked of him. Um, and for the press to just ignore this part of the story is is also bizarre. Well, that that was my you know I, when I I brought this up with you today and I said at, at for, the only thing that the, the only reason that I even knew that this was happening was because I saw just a random one off tweet fly by on my on my Twitter timeline yesterday afternoon about it i guess when the presser was happen happening other other than that it's been radio silence and i would think that laval rocket fans montreal Canadiens fans i would think someone in the press in montreal someone would have picked this up to say oh hey did you know that this happened today that the armada announced this today and no i haven't i mean Granted, I don't live in Montreal. I'm not. I'm not reading. You know, all of all of the French papers. I'm not reading, but I haven't seen anything, and, and it's it's odd to me too. So the Armada have that press conference yesterday afternoon. Yesterday was the 11th. On the same day, I'm assuming earlier in the day, the QMJHL on their website 
published an article called Joel Bouchard's Swan Song. And it was an article that's, that basically outlined him leaving the Armada and the role that he played at the draft and, and calling the draft his swan song. And I'm just, I just want to read a direct, just read this one little excerpt because the Q in their article is saying, quote, he remains the owner of the Armada, but will no longer be associated with the club's hockey operations. Well, apparently they didn't. They hadn't gotten the memo yet from the Armada when they published this. I'm assuming earlier in the day, and it's followed by a quote from Bouchard that says, "Quote: I will now follow them as a fan. I have a full-time job to do with the Rocket, but junior hockey will always be important to me. I will come watch the boys play whenever my schedule allows for it. That's for sure." Uh oh. So this is published on the Q's website. Anyone can go read it. It's still there. I'm looking at it right now. This is published on the Q's website yesterday, and I don't know what, hours, minutes later, the Armada comes out with a presser saying, oh, and by the way, Joel Bouchard is going to be our VP of Hockey Operations. Well, that's not following them as a fan. And the come to watch the boys play whenever my schedule allows it, I... What, how, is that going to be twice a year? I'm just... It's, it's, it's disingenuous, and um, you can't say that he didn't know, because he, <laughs> no. was, he was... he Who made the decision to make him VP uh, of Hockey Ops? Uh, I, think, I think it's safe to say uh, Joel Bouchard had, had, as president, had a, <laughs> a, a, a pretty good... Um, you know, saying that, handing that, and and uh, and so he obviously knew when when he gave that quote, well, those quotes uh, about being a fan. He obviously knew uh, that that just simply wasn't wasn't true. Yeah, it's so. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see how how this is going to work. I'm curious to see how many PTOs get signed from the Armada this year. I'm curious to see what kind of, what if any statement Laval or the Canadians are going to make about this arrangement, because I would imagine at some point someone's going to ask the question, okay, tell us how this is going to work. I would hope so. If any, if there is, if there is, you know, journalism supposed to be happening. Um, and it's, you know, it's something that 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 will certainly be asking. Um, you know, just break it down for us. Expl- explain how explain how this this works. This juxtaposition and, and handling two big jobs with with big titles and the responsibilities attached to them. So we'll see how we'll see how all this unfolds. But Rick, I have to say, it's 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 interesting to say the least. Yeah, it's. Um... I I I I don't understand it, um, and um, I don't. I'm not aware of a of a similar situation. Maybe maybe it has existed, but it's it's got to be pretty rare um, to to have your your feet uh, in in not an insignificant way, a very significant way planted in in um, 
in with two teams in two different leagues. Um, it's 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 just odd for me. Yeah. And and for me, my concern is the players who will be on that roster for the Laval Rocket come opening night. You know, especially and for the fans of the, of of this team, especially coming off of the exceptionally disappointing season that they had last year. My hope for this team, if you know, if they're bringing in all of this new blood in terms of coaching staff, let's start the season invigorated, ready to work, perhaps with the, you know, some new outlooks, some new, those kinds of things. And so I, and I'm sure fans of the team would want those players to get every bit of, of, of attention and effort and time available to be the best that they can be. So I just, you know, I just want to see, I want to see Laval be successful, and I want certainly want to see the new coaching staff be successful. Uh, so I just am anxious to see how how all of these things will mesh together to do that. And listen, I have no doubt. I have no doubt whatsoever that the Laval Rocket will be a, be a better team in the AHL standings next year. Um, yeah. I, I have no doubt that they, they won't be at the bottom of the league. I have no doubt that they'll win more games at home. I have no doubt that that uh, Joe Bouchard will do everything he can um, to to put his his energy behind um, you know getting more more wins um, and, uh, and 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 moving them up in the standings. Um, but that isn't how an AHL coach should be evaluated. What I don't have uh, confidence in right now is how he'll treat the the and um, in previous podcasts I've said that I really questioned some of his his statements and his quotes about um, his disregard for development, the Mm -hmm. development process. Um, And and this only adds another layer to to you know, um, what does he feel his role is, and, and uh, so you know decisions have have long term impact, and um, we'll, we'll see um, you know um, a few years down the road, will Joel Bouchard have the same kind of um, uh, record that wasn't appreciated uh, by fans that uh, Sylvain Lafave did with this past season having. 23 or 24 graduates of his program playing in the NHL. Um, will Bouchard um, have done that, or will he have, a, you know, um, instead have have a, a, a first round playoff win uh, under his belt, or or, or a different kind of, of uh, achievement um, that's yet to be seen? Yeah, for sure. We will be sure to keep our listeners posted on this on this news as it develops, as we, as we hear some things about it, never a dull moment. There's just never a dull moment to, uh, you just, you can't step away from hockey over the summer because there's just too much that happens. It's like the drama happens during the summer. And, uh, speaking of drama, Rick, there's some drama that's going to be taking place on the ice tonight because actually hockey's still going on in this league. Toronto and Texas, game six. 
Toronto with a 3-2 series lead. They have the opportunity to win the Calder Cup tonight on home ice. It's been a good series. It has been, and I think, I think um, if, to be honest, it's been a surprising series. Um, you know, game five was, was 6-2, um, and the Marlies looked like uh, the Marlies who had been, uh, you know, rolling to, through the uh, and steamrolling through, through teams on on the way to the, the final, um, and but but up until that point, um, you know, Texas has has given um, the Marlies as difficult a time as any team um, to this point, and uh, you know had had it tied two uh, two and. Um, um, had spread around the offense. Mike McKenna was giving them goaltending. It, it looked to be a, a series. And then, um, you know, in the last, the, 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 the wheels kind of fell off last game. Um, five yeah. goals. Um, McKenna pulled after the second period. Um, and, um, and it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a blowout. Um, still, um, you know, uh, Texas is the three games uh, that were were in Texas were uh, pretty well attended. They had 6,800 people at the HEB Center in, in Cedar Park uh, for Game Five, and uh, and as as we said last week, the attendance was great at RICO. Uh, they were sending records for Marley, Marley's Hockey at uh, the RICO Coliseum. So uh, even even when they're head to head with the um, the Stanley Cup Finals, they've they've been doing pretty well. So so um, I expect the, there might be a lot of eyes on tonight's game, uh, both on the NHL Network and TSN two. Um, and, uh, Not delayed and, on the NHL Network. <laughs> congratulations, congratulations, NHL Network. It's going to be a good one. You don't want to miss it tonight. It is the only hockey going on anywhere. So. What's your excuse? All of you out there with the hashtag, is it October yet? Whether it's because the finals just want, just finished for the Stanley Cup a few days ago, or if you've been lamenting your team being out of hockey since the beginning of April, you don't have to wait till October. It's going to be a good game tonight. I guarantee it. It doesn't matter if you're a Habs fan and you can't stand Toronto teams doesn't matter if you don't like the team. It doesn't matter if you don't know anything about the AHL. You want to watch tonight's game. Um, it's going to be a good one. It, either the Calder Cup's going to be uh, handed out tonight or or Texas is going to put down the performance of a lifetime. And Mike McKenna in the crease is always good to watch, especially in high-pressure situations like this. So tune in for sure. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see another cup get hoisted tonight there was a cup there was uh, another cup that was hoisted just a few days ago the ECHL finally uh, capped off its 2017-18 season that series went to game 7 we spoke last week how the Florida Everblades and the Colorado Eagles were in the final um, and that that series went to a game 7 um but sure enough, the Colorado Eagles did it again. Uh, back-to-back Kelly Cup champions. They had a 3-2 to victory over the Florida Everblades. Um, 
in Florida over the weekend. And um, so they they walk away, um, actually, and they did it in, in dramatic fashion as well, um, scored the game-winning goal with 2.29 remaining in regulation, shorthanded. Hmm. Wow. You're gonna win a champion. Yeah, if you're gonna Gabriel Verplast is is the is the guy who took care of that shorty with just two and a half minutes left in regulation. So if you're gonna win a championship, that's uh, that's quite a way to do it. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, back-to-back Kelly Cup champions. Um, not gonna. They feet. are. They are not going to three-peat. Uh, they are the only back-to-back champions in the ECHL's 30-year history. And, and you're right. They are not going to three-peat because next year they're not going to be playing in the ECHL. The Colorado Eagles will be the new AHL team joining the American League next year. So um, kind of a nice way for them to finish their run in the ECHL with back-to-back Kelly Cup wins. But there was one other cup that's been lifted, especially a lot today. I don't think Alexander Ovechkin has let it out of his hands uh, since. I'm going to take a minute here. I I need, um, unfortunately, I don't have a beer sitting here, but I need to pour out a beer for my my Vegas Golden Knights. Mm -hmm. The run finally ended. I was Mm -hmm. oh so close. Oh, so close. But I am. I have. I have no shame. In September on this program, I said they're in my top five for the year. Watch out! I think they're going to surprise people, and I think they surprise people. But Alexander Ovechkin and the Capitals finally have their Stanley Cup. The parade was earlier today. I'm. I'm pretty sure um, they're all going to need uh, liver transplants. Um, before the end of the week, uh, I don't think any of them have been sober yet. Uh, it was quite an entertaining uh, parade celebration today, um, but they they took care of the Golden Knights. I, I have to say, they this was not a long series. So that means that um, I think that I had picked. I was on oh, the Caps uh, bandwagon. So. Yeah, bandwagon. No, listen, uh, the, listen, the um, uh, Vegas deserves credit, and and you know that um, giving full credit to Jordan Glant, uh, to Von Carpen, um, the, putting the helping put it, the team together and and, and uh, motivating the team and what they achieved. But you know, Gary Batman was a bit in on on that too. I've I've never ever ever seen uh, a team that was given more. Um, had every given every advantage to uh, right from the right from the the expansion draft, uh, but then you know the I said I've I've never seen calls all go one way. Um, you know Vegas with uh, the penalty calls uh, in in their favor, uh, goals uh, that that that. That counted for them that shouldn't have counted goals that uh, sh- were called back uh, in their favor and, and should have counted. And then if that wasn't if that wasn't enough, 
the 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 game was extended by and and I have to go back to to the replay. But it extended by at least a minute when the clock failed. In yeah. Uh, they played a, about a minute longer than they needed to. Every um, opportunity and well, I guess it didn't matter after the game was over. But no, nobody talked about that. That no. That how did they not catch that? Um, it was bizarre. Um, Very bizarre. But anyway, congratulations to uh, to the Washington Capitals. Um, I'm not saying congratulations to the Washington Capitals. I can't. As a Flyers fan. As a Flyers fan, I can't say congratulations. I will say congratulations to Lars Eller, Devontae Smith-Pelly, Jacob Brana. Who else? I think those are the three, basically. Well, sure, I'm happy. I'm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well I was just the guys say, that, you know, that we ran into in in the the AHL. Uh, oh, and Urabic, Mad- yeah. Mad- uh, Madison Bowie, Urabic, uh, um, as you mentioned, Jake Verana, uh, Phoenix Copley. Yeah. Um, particularly when he was injured, um, and, and and Jay Beagle as as well. I think that's an yeah. amazing achievement for him to now have a a championship in the ECHL, the AHL, and the, the NHL. And that's you know, and and I, I I somewhat jest. Congratulations to all of the players. It's an achievement that 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 is a hard trophy to win. Um, and I take nothing away from them for for the effort that they put forward to to win it. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to see Lars Eller just living his best life. Um, you know, got out from from under the shadow of the Montreal Canadiens and and has just stepped into his own and really just excited and happy for him. Same thing for DSP. Good for him. Both of and and Lars Eller with the Stanley Cup winning goal. Like, ha. I just want to say ha to every Canadians fan that couldn't wait to see Lars Eller leave. Um, DSP, same thing, coming up clutch. Um, Jake Brana, coming up clutch. And, and you did mention, you know, it was the one thing, and people might, be, uh, people might wonder, well, why, why Jake Brana? Why are you happy for him? As you mentioned, we ran into Brana a lot when he was playing for the Hershey Bears. Uh, two years ago, and it was a schedule that had the Ice Caps playing in Hershey uh, quite often at the beginning of the season. And at the beginning of that season, Brana had broken his arm in practice. And, I mean, of all the things, so he was out for a super long time. He He's young. I mean, I can only I, – I imagine he's, I don't know, 20 – two-ish, something around that. So, I mean, you're talking about some a kid that's probably 19, 20 years old and sidelined with a broken arm. And so would see him quite often in the press box with all the other scratches, with his arm in the cast and, and that kind of thing, and had a chance to speak with him a few times. And he, you know, always put on uh, just, 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 to, just to add a bit of context to this, we had sure. already kind of established the relationship. We had interviewed him and, and got to know him a little bit 
uh, at Lake Placid. Um, That's right. Um, you know, when he, he and Pasternak and uh, Machine uh, were all there playing um, for the checks. So we, we had a, we, we, he was someone that, that um, we knew. And, and um, anyway, I just wanted to, to give that background and continue. Yes. On. And, and that's, and that's, that's a good point to make. So be, because we had worked with him in the past, had a chance to speak with him a couple of times in the press box, always put on a, you know, really good face when it was, Oh my gosh, what happened? How's, how's the rehabbing going? That kind of thing. And, and had a positive outlook, but you could see, you know, you could see in his face that it was, killing him to be sitting up in a press box and 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 I can't play because I have a stupid broken arm you, you could just he never said that but you could just see it and is it's I I kind of said to myself during during this this series against Vegas and and once they won you know if you could only go back at that time 2 years ago to to that kid that was gosh, what is this going to, you know, ha- is this broken arm going to set me back? You know, I want to get back on the ice. I want to show what I can do in, in this game. And and if you could only just tell that kid, don't worry about it. It's going to work out because in about a year and a half, you're going to be on a parade down Washington, through Washington, D.C., hoisting the Stanley Cup. And so just, you know, I, I love stories like that where, you know, through through obstacles and hurdles and there's, times in every professional athlete's life where and career where they probably feel like oh you know how do I get through this and 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 what what's this going to mean and and then something good like this happens and so that's why I'm 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 happy to see Bronick get the ring as well and just with respect if I can just take a minute as as far as the the former Montreal Canadiens um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know Yuravik was uh, such a, a, a nice guy uh, when we interviewed him uh, when he was with the Laval Rocket, and um, he didn't seem to know. Um, he didn't seem to have a lot of information about why he was where he was, what he, you know, what he had to do, and and uh, how he would get to the Canadians. And of course, it was it was only, it was in his his contract uh, that he had to. Um, be promoted to the Canadians by mid, um, mid early December. Uh, I don't remember mm-hmm. the date, but that's the only reason that he got his call up, but he spoke so highly of Tom Parisi. Anytime I get to mention Tom Parisi. Um, that's right. He spoke so highly about their, their pairing and how much he had, he had learned from Tom about the North American game. Uh, but it just, it didn't seem to that. And, and once he got to the Canadians, spent a lot of time in the press box and, and uh, for him to, to get to go to Washington and, um, you know, how, how he, he is now part of something much bigger. And, and um, you know, for Devontae Smith-Pelly, who, who said, um, you know, when he got to Washington, he, he, he's 26 years old. He's still an RFA, but um, he figured this was his last chance at the, uh, the NHL and and um, he he spoke about um, being in organizations um, didn't mention the Montreal Canadiens but it was pretty obvious where yeah. coaches didn't communicate with him that he'd have a good performance at least he thought he he'd play well in the next the next game he didn't be in the press box and we knew that was the case. Ontarian we we 
heard from him about, um, you know, expectations were never communicated. Um, and once he got to Washington, he had, he had a very um, frank kind of conversation with Barry Trotz, who said, listen, I, I wasn't a fan of bringing you here, but um, now that you're here, we're going to make you into your best self. Um, tell me who, what kind of player you are in your mind as you envision your best self. And they talked about that. And Barry said, okay, this is, this is who I think you are, and this is the expectations I have of you. Um, and what I want to see, whatever you are, whatever that best self is, I want to see it every night. I want to see it every single game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and talking about expectation and and what did um, Smith Pelly do in, in the playoffs? Seven goals, seven goals in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, two of which were were game winners, uh, and that game that big game tying goal um, in um, that that turned the third period with the Caps down three to two um, in game five, um, which allowed for then Lars Eller to win. Um, scored the game winner, and you know that, that's something I'm, I get from Canadian fans. Um, yeah, Eller was on a good team, but why keep mentioning him? Well, we keep mentioning him because Eller had all of these uh, qualities when he was a Montreal Canadiens player, and all the media uh, wanted to do, and all the fans wanted to do, was run him out of town. Um, I, I retweeted uh, Christine, one of the former uh, All Habs Hockey Magazine members, tweeted that, that Lars Eller was persecuted in Montreal, and, and that's not too strong a word. Um, when no. he arrived, he arrived under the cloud of, of being traded for the darling Yaroslav Halak, um, who just benefited from Kirk Muller. Um, and, and he came into that, and, and he was immediately criticized, um, like, who's this Art Larzella being traded for? Right. And then uh, went on um, that all of a sudden um, people realized he was good enough to threaten uh, David DeArnay, another darling, um, and so was, was just ruthlessly criticized, unfairly criticized. Um, and, and what did he do for the Caps in the playoffs? Um, seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points in 24 games, uh, over 50% of the faceoffs. Three game-winning goals led the Caps. He led the Caps in game winners. When, with Kuznetsov there, with Backstrom there, with Ovechkin there, Lars Eller was the one who led the Caps uh, in game-winning goals. And he was... In the playoffs, he was 13th in the NHL in scoring. Uh, this is no small feat. Um, and, and so when, when we're referencing him, it's just that um, realize what you have and realize what you're doing uh, when, you, when you criticize some of these players. Because yeah. um, there was Lars Eller. Um, and, um, you know, uh, was shipped out and... and uh, for an uncertain kind of return, um, it's 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 um, it's the, these kind of decisions have consequences, and uh, and it seems like the Capitals, especially this year, 
whether it was coaching or whether it was the players they brought in, um, all the right decisions were made, and, and they only got better throughout the playoffs. Well, it was quite a ride, uh, quite an end to the NHL season, to be sure. Um, and uh, it was, I, I have to say, the playoffs from start to finish this year at the NHL level, um, really, really entertaining and exciting to watch. Uh, almost every series uh, was kind of edge of your seat, good hockey. Um, there, there have been years where it's been a little ho-hum, but not this year. And uh, looking forward to, yes, is it October yet? And looking forward to the next season starting. Um, and congratulations to the Washington Capitals. Uh, TJ Oshie today said their new chant is going to be back to back. So we'll see. We'll see if they can put their money where their mouth is for that next year. Um, before that happens, though, uh, the draft is coming up. Don't forget, draft is next week. Can you believe that? Draft is next week in Dallas. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk more next uh, in, on next Tuesday's episode. We'll do a bit of a draft preview. Talk about. Uh, the 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 fan event that uh, Rocket Sports Media uh, has partnered with the NHL to do with our contest winners and so forth, and give a little bit of a preview of that. Uh, some excitement there. Um, so yeah, I mean, strap in because because now's when things start to get really exciting over the course of the summer, Rick. Uh, with with the draft happening, trades are going to start happening, uh, and then free agency frenzy starts right after that. So. We're, we're really gearing up now. You know, some people might feel like, okay, things are winding down. Nope. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, because there are, there's a lot of excitement right around the corner. Absolutely. Exciting time. And, and uh, you know, as, as we've said many times, the draft is, uh, is, should be for hockey fans one of the, the, the most exciting, the most fun times, and certainly with our, our draft event, it makes that uh, uh, come true for, for a number of fans, and we'll be, we'll be talking about that uh, next week. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Rick, for being here today. I think this is a, a show full of, full of good information, as usual. I appreciate your insight, as always. And thanks to all of you out there for tuning in and listening You can count on us being here every Tuesday here at the AHL Report with a new episode of From the Press Box, bringing you all the latest from around the the American Hockey League, in particularly uh, in regards to the Laval Rocket, and also touching on the ECHL prospects, junior hockey, you name it, and even a little NHL talk here and there. So be sure to tune in again next week for another episode of From the Press Box. Until then, enjoy your week, and Rick, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens tonight with Calder Cup Final. Yep, we sure will. We'll we'll have that to report next week for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Have a great week, folks. We'll see you next Tuesday.